As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and Things flapping their wings on. All I know is Zach said he has a game where Shield don't read both 7,000. <laughs> and I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do and, it. And so the yeah, purpose that's of. That's really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Thursday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris from the Athletic Football Show. We have Sheila Kapadia and a very, very special guest, topping them all. The man who Larry Karras described as probably the smartest football player he's ever coached. Ladies and gentlemen, Princeton wide receivers coach, Brian Flynn. Coach here. Fantastic. Again, Coach Karras, in six years, four as a player and two as a coach, he never said that to my face. But it's good, it's good to hear. Still good to hear. And, uh, and Sheil, how are you? All right, let's get right to it. So, Coach Flynn, of course, has the Sirianni connection. Mike Sirianni. I, I, I do. Yeah. It's it's like a, it's a couple Was that a question? steps away from Nick. Yeah, this is tough. Is this how we do it? I forget. I've been on a long time. <laughs> We've got so plenty Nick's- to get to on this episode. We're going to do a super, uh, superb owl forecasting later on. We're going to talk Carson Wentz. In a little bit, and if you are in the chat, make sure you drop in your uh, super sarcastic suggestions. We'll get to all that good stuff. But yeah, let's 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 dive in with Coach Flynn, and uh, I guess I guess why don't you give us the background on the the Sirianni connection? So Nick's oldest brother Mike was my teammate. He was a senior when I was a freshman at Mount Union, and he was my position coach hmm. my last two years. So I don't know Nick really well, but I know Mike. You know, I've known Mike for twenty five years. Great coach at Washington Jefferson. Uh, but I've known the family. The middle brother is my age, played football at Mount Union. And Nick is, you know, I know Nick about as well as you would know one of your buddies' super youngest brother, which is not great. Uh, but, I, you know, I know him as a player and I know the family. 
So like as well as I know, um, who's your youngest brother, Zach? <laughs> Nick. Nick. Yeah, Nick. there you go. It's, Interesting. They're all yeah, named Nick. That's true. There you go. Um, and now what is over your uh, what is over your right shoulder there, Coach? This is my uh, Mount Ian bobblehead complete with the 12 NCAA National Championship plaques right there. I do have to say that um, that like you know doing that story, I I knew that Mountain Union was this storied football program, but I did not have like as much of an appreciation as I should have um, for like for, for Coach Karras. It's unbelievable. Um, although he corrected me because I told him that it was unbelievable that he had won you know seven titles or six titles in seven years, and he goes, "Oh, it's very believable." So I like <laughs> that. He, good line. I like that. Some big flexes, some big whiffs that he definitely no. deserves to take. He doesn't lack any swagger. It was it was a lot of fun there as a player and as a coach. And it was super, you know, it was the early 90s. So there was, but he, he was not one of those cement head guys, like don't give him water. You know, he was ahead of the curve on that, that stuff. And even just from the article, you could tell, like he really let us, we got to have fun. Like you got to run your mouth. You get to celebrate touchdowns. You know, he called it earned swagger, which I think is, you know, he has a lot of that himself. Uh, but it was, it was, and I just kind of stumbled, you know, a lot of us, you know, Nick's story and Mike's story, how they got there, you know, we just kind of, Division three recruiting is a little bit all over the place, but it, it really worked out great for me. Well, and he was also ahead of the curve on like uh, building a passing offense and going for it on fourth down. Like I was watching uh, like clips of some of like, you know, like the 93 championship game, I think it was. And it's just the middle of the game, like fourth and three and or fourth and six in the red zone. And he's just going for it and scored a touchdown. So. Uh, I respect that. And we, well. yeah, we threw the ball. I mean, in the early '90s, not everybody threw the ball, but we. The, here's a good gauge of how good of a player I was. My junior year, our quarterback threw, or no, my senior year, our quarterback threw 56 touchdowns. Then I graduated. The next year, he threw 63. So removing me got <laughs> plus seven or eight touchdowns. But again, that's you know that's that's like Joe Burrow numbers, you know, 20 some years ago. So he was. You know, it's a lot of it's it's air raids. It's air raids similar. You know, Sid Gilman, a lot of you know the old BYU offense that Andy Reid's background is in, and it was really it's the reason I went there because they're one of the few teams that were throwing the ball so much. You you hear about a school like Mount Union being almost a, a cradle of coaches, and uh, it's it's interesting because we did this exercise of the alma maters of of different coaches, and it's it's not these Power Five schools. Uh, what do you think it is about that level? That, that that breeds good coaches? I mean, a little bit of it's the area of the country. It's a huge high school football area. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's also a PE school, so there's a lot of teachers and coaches that come out of there. Hmm. That's also, you know, Division three guys, like you, you're, you're paying to go to school. There's a lot of guys that have work-study jobs. We had, you know, one of the work-study jobs was doing the laundry, you know, for the team. Every The guys would go into practice and they'd be responsible for doing laundry that day. So you really got to love it, you know, and I think there's a, an appreciation for the game there that you know, you don't take anything for granted. So, but I, you know, it, it, for me, it all stemmed from coach Karras, you know, the, the experience that I had there, if you, you know, both talk to pretty much anybody who's ever played there in the past 25 years. <laughs> and they all kind of said the same stuff. Like he's the guy, you know, it's, I don't love the, you know, I earned my master's degree or, or, you know, I'm, I'm now a football astronaut or PhD or whatever. Like I don't love that stuff, <laughs> but there's a lot of truth to being, you know, being around coach and watch how he dealt with players and his aggression on fourth down, his aggression at the end of the halves, you know, it's not being afraid to do something completely new. And you know, I think that stuff is really, at least from, you know, my teammates, I think that's how those guys ended up in coaching. Like you, you're kind of set on a path where it's not, 
you have to make a certain amount of money or coach at a you know certain size school. It's you know we really enjoy building something. And again, I think that the whole thing is Coach Harris. So what was what was Mike Sirianni's coaching style? Because of course we heard from Nick Sirianni, and he coaches Coach. K- I mean, he credits Coach Harris. He credits uh, his dad, and obviously, I, I would think Mike Sirianni has similar coaching influences, not to say that they're going to be exactly the same or, or are same people. I think anyone with siblings knows that's not the case. I know it with, uh, with my two daughters that they are, they are not similar at all, but what was, what was Mike Sirianni's coaching style, uh, from what you remember, what stood out? Yeah, he was tough. Like as, as we didn't get along great as teammates with as freshmen and seniors, you know, we weren't like the best of buddies. Like I, you know, I would go too hard in a blocking drill or something like that. And he would flip out. And then as my coach, he was on me. Yeah, I was, I'm I'm concerned about the flex count in this. I think it's going to be double digits here pretty soon. And then, but then as, as a player, like I was a little bit nuts in terms of like, if it'd be special teams, I'd be over there having the backup quarterback throw the ball to me. So he, he knew like exactly how hard to push, but not, you know, a lot of stuff that Nick talked about, about, you know, you get to talk to certain guys, certain ways. Like, I think he had a, Mike had a really good feel for that. Um, but he was, all of us, I was an assistant for coach Karras. So when I was in Mike's shoes, like if you, if you guys weren't getting it done, you were getting hammered by the head coach. So, but he was great. I mean, he's, you know, he's 150 some wins and 30 losses himself at W and J. So it's, yeah, he's, he's a guy really, my, yeah, he's, he's the best, you know, the, my connection with Mike, when I got hired at Villanova as a GA in like 2000, like one of my stops on the way out East was to work his football camp at WJ. You know, so I've known him forever, and he's the best. He's great. He, again, the, the funniest exchanges I've had since Nick has been hired is him basically breaking his brother's stones, you know, about a quote that was said somewhere or maybe or maybe not the jacket he was wearing on the tour through the facility. You know, I, can't, I can neither confirm nor deny that. But, you know, like you yeah, were doing there's, there's a healthy, healthy ball busting going on. Even in the yeah, even in the story, talking about he had a, he had a better career. I gotta say, Marissa did a very good job um, setting up the the boxes here because we know that you know the relationship between Zach and Coach Flynn is it's better now, true. but but it, you know <laughs> it, it's come a long way. But it's still it's it's important that they are at least diagonally separated and not and not side by side. So that was smart. I have yeah, a world of respect I, for Coach Flynn. Yeah, it's it's super mutual. I view Z Berm like as. And, and Shields kind of slide in this category too, almost like as a benevolent hater, like unintentional. <laughs> like, you know, Shield has slowly phased me out of the drawing business with Ted Wynn. You know, Z- <laughs> it's not on purpose, but you know, I'm, <laughs> my bank account's a little lighter. And then, you know, Z Berm loves his John Carroll shout outs on here. And, <laughs> That's true. You know, That's but there's, true. there's, there's no ill will. You know, it's all good. None at all. I can't what stop was- admiring this uh, this bed behind. I mean, who is making that bed? Is that yeah. a decorative pillow? I mean, talk about a flex. I got, you know, a turkey and an elliptical behind me. You got a beautifully made bed there. Well, when you have a 900-foot square house, there's only but so many places you can go. <laughs> Bo's actually been here. Bo picked up tickets here once. That's right. For, uh-huh. for a Princeton game. Pre-pandemic, this bed was never made by me pandemic where my wife is still working the whole time i've made that bed so mm. much like much like marissa i'm big on the shams kind of brings everything together <laughs> keeps, keeps it neat. i like that and i know you've been and i know you've been doing a lot of laundry uh during the pandemic oh. my, my my sources are telling me we had a we have a little battle in the in the kapadia household are you are you guys dryer sheet families or, or no dryer sheet 
Yeah, I you know, I've I've heard this thing like recently, like dryer sheets are bad for you or they cause ah, uh, come to on. me to me, if you don't use a dryer sheet, why are you uh, washing your clothes? I mean, really, you know this I mean? who wants all that static, that itch all the time? Who can live like that? It's the worst. You get a pair of shorts on, you get static electricity. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, it's horrendous. I find that I, I, we use the dryer sheets, but I find there's like not much difference if I like if I forget to do it. I, I don't like the static does not build oh, up. What kind of bobo dryer sheets are you using? Yeah, yeah, I need to use on. better dryer sheets. The smell <laughs> is the difference, right? That's that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think, think the, we covered I the think, important stuff there. I think the smell is the difference could be uh, a potential drop moving forward. <laughs> uh, what, Coach Flynn, what did you uh, what what did you make of the uh, the intro press conference for uh, for Nick Sirianni? You know, I mean, I, I, it was it was okay. It was you know, fine. I was a little one. Of, yeah, I, I think one of the things if if you called me tomorrow and said, "Hey, you're the head coach of the Eagles," one of the things I would like the number one thing I would do is go into that room. And stand at that podium and have somebody shoot me weird questions over Zoom to, to the point where I was like super comfortable with it. So you could tell he was taking some of his first at bats against live pitching there. Um, like I don't Not think good. it was I don't think it was bite the kneecaps, Adam Gase, shifty eye roll level <laughs> crazy. Like it was it was okay. I think it's a you know, I, as a first job, I don't think there's there are ones that are much tougher than being the head coach of the Eagles. You know, the fans, media, but again, I don't think the questions you guys asked for. Well, Bo didn't ask any, but I don't think the questions. Yeah, Zach I didn't had, ask any either. That would be just Zach. Know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think they were all they were all completely above board. The quarterback questions have to be asked. You know, it was it was okay. I mean, I don't think if you're good, nobody remembers it. You know, if if you struggle, it, it'll be a it'll be a huge deal. From a oh, coaching perspective, last... that that introductory press conference, like every every coach obviously wants to become a head coach at, at some point, right? Like, is that is that a press conference that's rehearsed in a coach's head? You, you, you know, you're you're in the car one day on a, on a long drive, you're thinking about the first press conference as a head coach, or like long bike ride, for example, <laughs> or, or, or that. <laughs> yes, those. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, th- I just think you get at bats at it. Like I, the, the one thing to me, you know, the interview process is that. Like, I don't think – like, those same questions have to be answered by the GM and the owner – or asked by the GM and the owner, I would think. You know, and as a, as a coach, you're standing up in front of these meeting rooms all the time. You're doing clinics. I think that's really when you do it. You know, everybody's got their PowerPoint put together and, you know, five core values and all that good stuff. But really, I think the job is the reps. You know, I think, I think once you get it, again, to me, it's whether it's your agent or the PR people or whatever. It's like, hey, go up there, stand behind that podium and – we're going to ask you 70 questions about who's the starting quarterback next year. You know, I think that's, that's the one thing that I, I don't think you can, you can really reproduce anywhere else, but you're, you're getting asked that stuff in different ways all the time. I was hoping you could, uh, I-, I was going to say uh, in sort of like how the sausage gets made type question, you know, as Sirianni goes about building this staff. I hate that saying, can we replace that with something? I mean, really? How, how sausage? the sausage gets made. I mean, all right, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. How the, uh, the Tempa sausage gets made. Uh, like what's, what is your experience of like uh, building staffs? Like how they, how they get made, like where these connections come from, how, how all that stuff comes together. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a ton of what you see right now, which is these all seem like guys he's worked with or that he knows. Right. I mean, at least three quarter three quarters of them or, mm-hmm. You know, even the guy he kept was, I think, a former Colts player. You know, so there's some of even not not when he was there, but but there's a lot of that. You know, like the jobs I got, 
you know, over the years have been, I've been either referred by somebody or I knew somebody on staff. Now it's going to be different with the, with the Eagles and at the NFL, level, but it's still the same, like, especially as a first time coach is I think there's a lot of hiring guys that you're comfortable with that are a little bit good soldiers to an extent. You know, you don't really see the, the veteran coordinator guy here, you know, like Doug had that can kind of take it and run with it. But you see guys that, to me, just by judging their relationship and where they were together and how long they were together are going to be loyal guys to him, you know, that are going to, you know, do what he asks or be on the same page. And you just hope there's enough pushback when that stuff happens. I've, I've, I've the, always been curious about like that process. In, I'm sorry to talk. Over like, you. I'm at, quick, like I'm at a press on the trigger. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. This is, hey, this is how I feel every time I see the Ted Wynn drawings on Tuesday. <laughs> At one point, Ted wasn't even following me. I'm like, man, how soon do you forget? <laughs> used to be bold. Sure, I, go, I, go I will defer. You go here. You go here. Well, I, I was going to follow up on the on the staff question. You know, no no one is trying to uh, put together a terrible staff yet at all levels and including at the NFL level, you see it can be the downfall or the difference between a coach who has a very good season and a not so good season. And so you have been on, uh, on different staffs. Uh, I'm not asking you to name names here about what your work, what the worst staff was you were ever on, but in your experience, a, in your experience, what is the difference between, you know, other than just the coaches are good or the coaches are bad. What is the difference between being a good staff and a bad staff. Yeah, I, I'll go ahead and I'll just do my least favorite head coaches in inverse order that I've worked for. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I was going to wait for 10 minutes to throw that one out there, but yeah, we can one, get to it. One now. through 12. No, I mean, I think a, a lot of this to me, uh, this is a cop-out, but it's player-driven. You know, so if your players are really good, it overcomes a lot of that. Uh, you know, the, the margin error in the NFL is a lot smaller, so I don't think you're going to get, you know, maybe if you have Pat Mahomes – you know, and, and even then, I love what their coaching staff does in as a side. But, you know, I think the ability to me, like, I, the, to, to have conversations and do new things and disagree and, and not just have some dogma handed all, down from on high, you know, like the two stone tablets come to, this is the offense. This is what we're running. You know, here's my defense. This is what we're going to do. This, like, that to me is a situation, is, is, is set up to be a failure long term. You know, you got one guy telling everybody what you're doing, not taking input. Like th those have been the, the situations where I've struggled, and, and eventually the team struggles because you're there's blind spots that those guys don't ever see. There's strengths of the assistants that are never used. You know, there's ideas that die because they never get presented. Like the 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 ones that where you can collaborate the most and everybody feels a part of it, everybody feels seen. You know, I've, I've never been around like, oh man, this staff really stinks. We're messing it up. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's been more like, man, we're not, we're not communicating. You know, we're 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 tiptoeing around somebody who's we're worried is you know is disagreeable or is going to get angry or is going to just completely eliminate my insight. You know, I think that, that's when you really struggle. Around you. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I think so that you know I think that that part of it, like you look at how this staff is built, you think the collaboration would be pretty good. No. On on the topic of the staffs, because I'm I'm fascinated by this, and you would have more insight than any of us here on this. Uh, it's obviously a big part of the job interview process, right? And you often hear during the interviews or after the interviews, if you talk to people uh, behind the scenes, like this guy has some great ideas for his staff. But how do you know you can deliver it? Like, are, are are those are are those conversations that 
Sirianni has ahead of time, that a prospective coach has ahead of time. Hey, if, if I take this job, you'll be my defensive coordinator. You'll be my wide receivers coach. And, and I'm also curious because I know that Jonathan Gannon's name came up from like a few different head coach during the interview process. So at some point, a few different guys thought they were going to deliver Jonathan Gannon, right? So, 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 so how does that work? Yeah, I think I've had a few of those uh, that when the guy got the job, all of a sudden it changed. Uh, but I think, <laughs> I think whenever you're reached out to as an assistant coach, that answer is almost yeah. always yes. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, like you're never say, oh, no, I'm, dude, I'm not going with you. Are you nuts? You know, like that's <laughs> never, it's always, oh, sure, man. Yeah, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, then when the time comes, you know, he probably said yes to three or four different guys. And then right, it was yeah. like, all right, fellas, you know, you know, what's the deal? What, what's the responsibilities? What are you paying? I, about 10 years ago, uh, the, the person that called me will remain nameless, but I got a call. We were on, I was on a bus going to a playoff game. It was like in December. And like I said, Hey, uh, listen, I'm in on a head job. I want to know, you know, you, you know, are, are you interested? Absolutely. You know, well, what do you coach? <laughs> do, you have, do, you, do you have wi-fi in your office what do you need Google, like, coach? Google, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like uh, i'll coach i can coach anything on offense coach whatever you need me to do yeah now surprisingly this person did not get the job uh but i i think that yeah there's no doubt and you always say yes and now and urban myers coach. the coach of the jackson <laughs> <laughs> It, it was not, but it's it's, uh, it's some Ohio type stuff going on there, as you would expect. I would love to just show up for the interview and say, you know, I'm 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 going to land this guy as my offensive coordinator. I'm going to land this guy as my defensive coordinator, and then you get the job, and you're like, oh, I, I, I I I guess that was just my wish list. Like I I couldn't deliver then. This is just just who I wanted. And a lot, the, of lists, the- a lot of those lists, a lot of those lists have like an A and a B. Okay. You know, so this is my first guy. This is my second guy. This is my third. I got a feeling like I'm on a bunch of C's. So, you know, those, and it's all good, but those, those are coming though. Uh, all right. Well, so coach, you, 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 uh, you gave us a couple of topics that you wanted to hit on. Uh, I wanted to start with uh, who you think the Eagles should take at six. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think a, shockingly, I think you should take a receiver. Mm. Um, you know, Who's throwing I, it to him though. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't. Do you take? Do you like the quarterback enough to take him there? I, I can't answer that. Um, but you have no receivers. You, Jalen Hurts, I think. You know, you got to give him a shot, see what he can do. I think Carson Wentz is gone. So to me, you take either one of the two top guys there, whichever one is available. You know, two years ago, you know, I said Chase is the best receiver I've ever seen in college football. He's unbelievable. Wow. This year, I said Devontae Smith is the or Devontae Smith is the best receiver I've ever seen in college football. You know, so like those two guys, I think you can't go wrong. Now I'm sure you'll hear a bunch of negative things about them. You know, mm, very skinny, right? But that's all nonsense. You watch the guys play; like they're wide open. They catch the ball. You know, you, you, that's what they need. They need a guy who can line up at X by himself and win. They don't have it. Um, what are you talking about? They have JJ Ortega Whiteside. He doesn't need to be uh, open. He's he's got contested catches on lock. I saw a senior bowl clip. I showed this in my meeting the other day, Flex. A, a senior bowl clip of Chase Claypool right, running a route in one-on-ones. And I watched this. I showed this to my guys. It was such a good clip. And I'm like, if I would have seen this, I hated Chase Claypool time, but I think it was good enough. Shows what I know. Mm. I'm like, but I would have drafted him if I saw this clip at the senior bowl. You know, like he was sinking his hips and changing direction and posting guys up. And 
So I'm again, but I digress. But I think you got to take one of those two guys because you just don't, you, know, you still don't have a guy that can win one on ones consistently. And everybody that's, you know, any good does. Uh, it's, it's, you have to have that as much bad coverage as you get. Again, yes, the receiver coach you take, he's going to say receiver, but I think those two guys are legit number one guys. Is this idea that uh, Kyle Pitts can be almost like a, a tight end wide receiver hybrid? Is that overstated? Like, is, is, is he just a dynamic tight end or could you build an offense around this idea that he can be moved all around? Yeah, I think he's great. I think he's Kelsey is who I think he is. Now, again, Florida puts him out there in the SEC, you know, against the best corners, and he wins on slants. Uh, now, there's times out there he's not creating much separation, but he's just, you know, bodying guys up and winning. But I think he's Kelsey. I think you move him all over the place. Yeah, and, you know, he's awesome. That's the one thing. I mean, that's what excites you about the quarterback coach hire is they did – Florida did do a bunch of great stuff on offense. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they really – they incorporated – they spread the field – but they still ran the ball like it would be, you know, I think that's a good guy to draw from. Except for like COVID protocol. I hope he's not drawn his ideas on that front from Dan Mullen. Yeah. That, those weren't, those weren't great. Sheila, you got something? People are saying I'm, I look possessed because my face keeps getting frozen. Yes. So I, I got some Wi-Fi issues with this, uh, with this new, uh, New technology here, but no, I think you had the list of, of topics for Coach Flynn, so go okay. ahead. Uh, you said uh, you feel like you can relate to uh, to Mr. Deuce Staley. Yeah, so, you know, I think there's been a lot of, not hate directed at Deuce, but like, oh, he can't do it. You know, they didn't hire him as a head coach, so he must be doing something wrong. And I've like, I've been in Deuce's position. Like, I've been passed over. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't know how much of it, like, did was the interview he got a legit interview? You don't know how he did. You know, did he get a chance to put a marker in his hand and drop what his offense was going to be? You know, I mean, and, and here's the bottom line. Like, I don't know Deuce. I don't, you know, I every all his players love him. They say great things about him. Every head coach he's worked for says great things about him. The only guys who think he can't do it are Howie Roseman and Lori. That doesn't mean he can't do it. You know, like, I, again, I've been in situations where it, that stuff happens inside of your control. The, the, you know, the person making the decision, their mind's made up. You know, you don't even get a shot at it. And that is what it is. But I think, you know, it, it's not not necessarily that, oh, he's never going to get a shot and he never can do it. It's just these two guys think that, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're right. I think that's totally yeah, that fair. Um, and it's like, I, I've I think we've talked about this before, Jim, but just like job interviews in general um like not a good way to find or identify the best candidate like it's a totally separate skill set um at like almost any job except for like maybe sales so um yeah i, I think that's fair what we're gonna say show well it, well it's a it's a good point for not just deuce staley and the coaches but like everything in the organization i mean really they can yeah. talk all they want about uh collaboration and incorporating analytics and scouting and and coaching and you know all the all these different branches together and that's the job and that's the philosophy well ultimately it comes down to really what one person thinks, Jeffrey Lurie. But when you you know when you think about it, who is his right hand man, who he has just ke has kept for over uh, twenty years to guide him through all of this. So we'll get to the Carson Wentz trade. Guess who's going to be making that decision? 
one person or two people. Doug Peterson, when we revisit, who made that decision? One or two people. Nick Sirianni, who made that decision? One or two people. And so uh, I know they like getting this out there that, hey, we had, you know, 47 different people interviewed these candidates and, um, you know, all this different type of things and, and collaboration. But we've seen people go in and out of the organization and who has stayed over the last uh, two decades and who has stayed in the, the biggest positions of power and either moved up or obviously the owner uh, can't, can't really move up any higher, but those are the two people. So uh, I, I just think that's right with Deuce Staley and it's right with everything else we talk about this offseason. The coaches like the wanted yeah, the, to... The Biennemi thing blew my mind too. Like they didn't... You watch the Chiefs offense, you know, you 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 listen... Like I've, you know, you, that Jet Chip Wasp clip of Bienemy and Mahomes during the Super Bowl last year, or you watch him get interviewed, like you didn't want to talk to this guy. Like it's one of the, the most fun offenses to watch in football. You listen, you know this, and I don't, I don't know Eric Bienemy either, but you, you, the things I've seen with him interacting with his players and his coaches, like you don't want to interview that guy. I just, it's hard for me to understand. And same thing with Leftwich too, right? Like uh, you know, has that quarterback background, played in the league. You love that when it came to Peterson. My understanding with Bienemy was it was a timing thing. You know, that Andy Reid wanted them to wait until uh, after, after the following game. But nonetheless, there was no impetus for hiring Sirianni when they did, unless there were specific staff questions. But I, I'm, I'm with you there. I don't know how you don't make that interview. I feel like I feel like if Andy Reid thought it was on the up and up, he wouldn't have gone out of his way to say that they didn't actually. I thought the same thing. That was a jab. No I mean, there's no other way you can look at it that you know other than that. In my opinion, Andy Reid, who rarely says anything remotely controversial like that, when he's asked about that and says. I mean, he knew what was happening, but he says point blank, they didn't ask to interview him. He's sending a message that, you know, maybe they should have waited to to interview him or maybe this guy deserves I agree a shot. Wholeheartedly. Maybe yes. they don't know exactly what they're what they're doing over there. And, uh, you know, I've done pretty well since I've left, left that place, mm. and, um, you know, whatever. But I thought the same thing. I was like, whoa, Andy. And I was like, man, I thought he would, you know, just say, well, you know, uh, they got a good guy there. And uh, I don't know all the details of it, but hoping the enemy gets a shot. That That is not what he said. He, he said that they did not, you know, he he's the only one who put that out there. I mean, no one else has a way of even knowing that information other than Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, uh, Jeffrey Lurie, and Howie Roseman. So I, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, do you have a, uh, a Carson Wentz take for us, Coach? Yeah, I mean, I think – I don't think he's that good. You know, and I was this, <laughs> <laughs> this time last year, like I was – the last four games, he was killing it, and he's righted the ship. And just the, the just watching – I've seen every snap every game this year. Uh, because you have been in the office and I just, he, you know, he watches the rush. He doesn't protect the ball. He has moments of greatness, you know, the touchdown against uh, the Boston Scott against the giants, but there, there's, there's 10 for every one of those, there's 10 of why is he throwing it there? You know, I just, whether it's, it's the place, whether it was the coaching staff, all that doesn't matter to me. I just don't think he played very well. And I, can somebody rehab him? Sure. Like you look at Tannehill, or you can go all the way back to like a Rich Gannon, right? Who you know came back with the with the Raiders and was great. But that's again, that's the exception to me. Like I don't, yeah. I, I I don't love him. And again, I think to me, if I was the org, I think the two arguments are it's going to cost way too much money to not give it a shot and run him back. Okay, that's I get it. You know, it's thirty some million or whatever it's going to be. Uh, but it just if I, what you can't do to me is you can't say 
this is our starter. And if, you, if you're saying that, you're doing it for trade value or you're doing it to pump up his ego. But what you're not doing is the players in that locker room who saw this guy play that bad, saw Hurts come in. And, and again, I, I don't know if Hurts is going to be a franchise quarterback, but he played pretty well. You're not even going to give him a shot at the starting job when he played. You know, I don't think he played way better, but I thought he played better. He than played Carson better. Wentz. Yeah, I mean, it just – I don't – I don't see that. And, and his silence to me is a little bit, you don't know what was said behind the scenes. Maybe he had a great phone conversation with Nick and he's in a great place mentally, but like you've heard nothing, Absolutely. you know, and it just, it all leads to me. It's like, this is, here comes a trade. You know, the organization's comments are lukewarm. He's silent. He's yeah. I mean, all these he, other, yeah. you know, this, the, the, the golf and Stafford trade to me means there's a market out there for it. So, and I think he's better off. I don't think he's built for the, for the city. You know, like I saw McNabb take a thousand times, play better, play way better, and take a lot more heat, and hmm. and you know, and and still play well here. I don't think he's built for it. I really don't. I don't think he played great. I hope he plays well somewhere else, but I don't. I don't. I don't think this is the place for him. It's so funny because I was thinking about that the other day because uh, the golf trade, right? And in that lead up to that draft, you know, Howie Roseman, after the fact, made such a big deal about. Uh, looking at that like press that, that interview on the Rams website, and he's like, "Oh, look, this guy is an LA guy. That's who they're going to pick because he's an LA guy. We're going to get Carson because he's North Dakota tough. He's built for Philly. He's this Philly guy." And then, like, like four years later, Goff is in Detroit, which is very funny for his personality. And like Carson Wentz has been proven to not be mentally tough enough for the Philly like spotlight it's very funny that that was like the tie-breaking thing or at least what he what how he said it was and it has turned out to be exactly incorrect it's one of the dumbest it's it drives me nuts that you are from california every person in california has the same you know mental (laughs) fortitude and oh my gosh god forbid they you know come to Big bad Philly. I mean, I don't know. I thought Cole Hamels did did pretty well uh, when he played in Philadelphia. I think we can probably come up with a long list of, of people who you know grew up elsewhere. I don't know. Did did was, was Nick Foles in Texas that was uh, you know groomed to play in Philadelphia? It's like it's just it's like with the Pac-12 stuff. You know, we're awake watching this stuff. This guy's mm-hmm. from California. This guy's from North Dakota. Like. Give me a break. Like, what are you talking about yeah, here? I mean, you're like a billion dollar, uh, you know, company and you're making decisions like this. Well, what is going on here? I think it has a lot less to do with geography and, and much more to do with, with personality. And the reality is that with any of these guys, or I shouldn't say with any of them, with, with most of them, you don't know how they'll handle I say adversity, that's that's kind of a, 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 a buzzword. It's not true adversity, but but how do they handle things not going their way in the locker room, on the football field? Because a lot of these guys haven't been exposed to that in college, right? So so you can say he's he's played in cold weather. He's, he's, he's not a, a, a glitzy California guy, but that hasn't been his issue here. His issue is his backup quarterback won the Super Bowl. There's been all this pressure on him. Him and his coach, you know, he he loses his his coaches. How does he deal with locker room? Um, n- not everyone kind of uh, bowing to him, so to speak. I think that's something that in the scouting process you can do all the, all the personality tests you want, but you don't know how someone's going to handle that until they're in that situation. 
I ha- we have on here, Coach Sheila Kapadia of the Athletic Football Show. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I'm a huge Mina Kimes fan. I love Mina mm-hmm. Kimes. I think her, her her takes are great. Her analytics stuff is great. So I, I'm a subscriber to her pod. And there was this effervescent personality on an episode <laughs> or two ago that like it was. I didn't recognize at first, and it was Sheila. It was like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm great. Do you know my birthday's coming up? I'm really excited <laughs> to be here. How's Lenny been?" Like, it was, it was like a different guy. Like, was, like who is who is? It's like uh, on the symptoms. Like, oh, I like the cut of that guy's jib in Sector Seven G. Like, who is this new guy? Oh, it's, it's the same guy you see every day. It was just, you were jacked up, Shield. Listen, first of all, she knew better than to ask me how I was doing. I don't think she asked me how I was doing. And, and you know, I mean, listen, the, the birds with friends, you know, you talk to Bo. If you have to do a show with Bo three days a week, an hour a day, for what freaking year are we on? You're not going to be getting the juice up uh, every single fair. time and being the friendliest. I mean, Mina Kimes is a pleasant person to be around. So, you know, that's like a once a year thing, uh, right? You know, you, you know, you got to bring your A game there, see if you can get a call back. So, of course, it's a different approach. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I don't go. Just know, you know that our talk- listeners are not getting your A game. That's that's all. But- we we've well as my wife says the 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 birds with friends listeners are getting the real me you know at, at times she says uh, she's like what are you doing you're like letting too much of yourself out there you, you sound crazy I definitely like, don't recommend that Shield definitely don't yeah. let too much yourself out there. so so uh, the birds with friends listeners should have a uh, have an appreciation for it what was that there was something you said very early on in the podcast. And they, and then you were you were immediately like I can't believe I just let this part of myself out there. It was something about how like oh. uh, like if you're walking and you see a person or in, they're like the only person around you, you have some thought about like are they <laughs> are they going to be the last person to see you or something like that. Yeah, no, no, it was. Are you ever? Now I don't. We don't walk down the street and see other people anymore. But do you ever? If you're ever walking, are you like thinking in your head, like, what if I'm like the star witness to some crime right now? That's like about to about to happen, and you're trying to remember like what shirt the guy, what color shirt the guy's wearing, and that type of thing. So yes, that is the uh, that is how my mind operates. It's good. Uh, You have a you have a Brett Favre uh, thing on here as well. Uh oh! What is is this guy doing? Does this guy think anybody (laughs) wants his advice? (laughs) Well, why do people keep asking him? Seriously, I mean, does do we forget what he did when he was with the Jets? Exactly. He's a disaster. Oh, hey, listen, I have a very serious life problem. Does anybody have Brett Favre's phone number? No, no. John Watson doesn't care what you think, Brett Favre. Uh, well, you know, he should just. Show up and do the job. Brett Favre held out to like September 6th. Yeah, a guy who famously never just did the job. Get out of here with this guy. You break him and his him and his copper fit sleeve that's gonna cure arthritis and his Wrangler jeans. Get out of here. Nobody wants to be like you. Come out loud. Now speaking of Brett Favre, oh, those, those are sponsors, are they? No, no, we're no, good. not yet. Okay. Not, not yet. It feels an Indochino man. Uh, did you do you want to tell this DM thing or should we should we hold on to it? Speaking of Brett Favre, yeah, I mean it's I mean I'm I'm Speaking good either way. Yeah, it's not it's not like a, it's not like illicit or anything. It's just a it's a good it's a good uh it's a good example of how like of how my career I have like these brushes with you know the A list celebrities, but never quite get it. So Andrew Brandt, who was with the uh, with the Packers, right? I'm I mean, not sure I'd call him A list, but you know NFL, NFL guy forever. Well, he's a professor at Villanova. Yeah. 
and he has like these awesome panels every year that like everybody goes to like it'll be like Troy yeah, Vincent, yeah. you know Howie Long, Brian Westbrook, Jay Wright. Yeah. So I'm in my office. Ben Igelana. Ben Igelana, great great New York Jets offensive lineman, yeah. um, fan favorite in my house here. My son loves Ben Igelana. So I get a DM from Andrew Brett. Hey, Bri- hey Brian, the annual panel is coming up this year for Villanova Law. I think he's a law professor. Yes. Uh, yep. We'd really like you to be a part of it. And like really super well written. You know, but I'm like, wow. Gonna add an FCS receiver coach to the panel. <laughs> my struggles, my trials, my then no, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, I think he wants to get Brian Finnerin on the panel. <laughs> we're building up a wide receiver. Long time pro. <laughs> so That's so I respond. Point. I'm like, hey Andrew, I would love to do it. However, I think you may have me confused with Brian Farron. And he sends back like the most apologetic, you know, hi coach, sorry for the slip up. You know, would love to have you talk sometime. He was, he was great. He was great. But it was like, man, I was almost on the panel. So funny. You should have just showed up. Yeah. Please. You crush hey, Brian Finneran. Give me a break. Yeah. Who needs to hear a word that Brian Finneran needs to say? This Brian is... Finneran's a good guy to talk to. He's yeah. Radio guy <laughs> of course, Zach is going for Finneran over Flynn. He can't help. No, himself. no, I'm not saying Finneran over Flynn. I'm just saying don't don't make this ripping on Brian Finneran, right? Like <laughs> Brian Finneran, he he's been very helpful for stories in the past. I'm not going to rip on Brian Finneran. Yeah, Coach Flynn's been very helpful as well. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you know. Yeah, not not so much down the M10, but you know. <laughs> See how he tries to jump right on it. I mean, this guy. You wonder uh, why I, I'm not pleasant. I think last thing on here uh, was um, a certain holiday jingle. Yeah, so the uh, the Italian Christmas quarterback song was a huge hit in our household <laughs> before before my son even heard the shout out. He was rolling on the floor laughing. You know, I'm I'm like one eighth Italian, probably a little bit less, um, <laughs> but you know, I was in no way offended by it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I really feel like it should become like a holiday tradition, uh, like a different Danucci themed. Well, now that they hired an Italian coach, he could do it like every single podcast if he wanted. He, yeah, he played the Italian card with Angelo. Yeah, he might appreciate yes. it. Yes. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about vowels at the end of names and all yep. that good stuff, which my yeah. relatives are all in favor of. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I think, I think here's where you put your foot on the gas bow and just full speed ahead. And mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm pumping the brakes. I'm pumping the brakes, but I was happy to get the, the Austin Flynn shout out. Uh, into, it was into also the like, it was also like delayed gratification because for some reason I split that pot up over like three days, so I didn't get, I didn't get the song. Like, like, like eight hours. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> message to us, right? <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't get it till like three days after it aired. So it completely like I got a couple group texts like, dude, wait till you get to the end. This, there's an Easter egg. And I'm like, oh, what's Easter egg? Ooh, I want to know about these group texts. That- yeah. Well, Barry in the lead there. The group text. It's the, it's, it's, it's the one. It's the one with you two and not Zach that he gets really mad about <laughs> whenever it's brought up. I'm, I'm used to that by now. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. Well, coach, you have been uh, you have been very generous with your time. As always, uh, a pleasure to see you. A pleasure to have you. Any uh, any any final thoughts or uh, pieces of advice for uh, for Nick Sirianni? Let's get a Super Bowl prediction. Oh, yeah. Let's get a Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, this is a struggle for me because I love the Chiefs. I love Andy Reid. I think we all know my feelings about Tom Brady. Um, I'm a little torn on Bruce Arians because I love his offensive philosophy. Chucks the ball deep. I love what he's done for 
diversity hiring. Pioneer, uh, yeah. Really been at the cutting edge of that, and I love it. But Bruce was also one of those dudes that used to bash the college quarterback and say he, you know, all they do is get they look at a sign and 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 they, you know, they they get one signal and they run four plays. Um, but I, I I like what Bruce Arians does. But I'm going to go uh, Chiefs 31, Buccaneers 30, just so Ooh. I don't have to hear about Tom Brady's avocado ice cream and red hat in his locker and all that other gibberish. So sick of that guy. Fair enough. <laughs> You know, there's uh, there's one other Coach Flynn Nick Sirianni connection. Uh, oh, this is this is a, a, a little Kevin Bacon ish. Uh, okay. But is uh, it the way that they met their wives? No, 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 no. If you uh, <laughs> so if you read the Jamestown newspapers, there's like two there's two huge figures in Jamestown in the NFL. Nick Sirianni's one, and the other one is a former player of of uh, Coach Flynn's uh, 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 Stephen Carlson, right? From, now, um, I can't I can't take credit for Steve, but he's a Princeton okay. guy. Yeah, he, okay. he was leaving right as I got here, but he is the best. He's, he he recovered a couple onside kicks for the Browns at the end of the year. Uh, it's his second year on the active roster. Steve Carlson was taught in school by, I want to say, either Nick Sirianni's dad or mom or maybe both. No. Um, but he's also same hometown, all that. He, Steve's a great yeah. guy, the best. I didn't coach him. I, I wish I would have. Uh, there were two guys actually on two receivers here that are in the NFL now that when I got here, they look like the Winklevoss twins from the social network. And it was Steve and Jesper Horstead who are both Hmm. really doing a good job as tight ends in the NFL doing a great job. So So there you go. I'm not shocked that Z-Berm got that one. (laughs) When, when, uh, when the Colts played the Browns, it was a huge story in Jamestown, New York, like huge. Hmm. Oh, I'm glad you did that digging. And how did you meet your wife, Coach? Uh, it was in Conshohocken at the boathouse. Oh, uh, Mar- Marissa will sort of appreciate this. It was the night that Maryland blew the huge lead to Duke in the Final Four. I want to say two, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left. We started dating, and then I left, went away for a couple of years, Coach of Maryland, Flex. Uh, Eastern Illinois, and then came back to uh, Villanova 2005. So, yeah, a lot of that's not the answer anymore. Is uh, I met my wife or girlfriend at a bar. It's usually no uh, online ah. or yeah. You know, I did it the, I did it the old school way. I had to write her phone number on a dollar bill, which is one of the three dollars I had to my Great name flex. at that point. Yeah. Wow. Mm. All right. That could be. Re- uh, now that you've admitted it, it could be uh, seen as a recruiting violation. I think uh, looking back, but wouldn't be my first. all right well coach thank you uh thank you for joining us we'll talk to you thank uh, you guys again all right thanks coach survivor 46 is here and so is on fire the only official survivor podcast and we have a twist this season the winner of survivor 45 d Vyadaris, will be joining us every week we're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me a survivor winner listen to on fire the official survivor podcast wherever you get your podcasts It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
go to your happy price, price line. All right. So have I been uh, freezing? Le- have I been freezing less often in the? Uh, yes. Last like fifteen yes. minutes or so, or no? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. been better. So I had to shut down the YouTube. So I, I'm not seeing the mm. comments. So if anybody wants to handle the uh, comments or if there's a, a tweet about Carson Wentz being traded, I will also not be all over that. But I assume that's what we're talking about next. And a very smooth slide in as the box replacement by uh, Marissa on uh, on Coach Flynn's uh, That was great. So, so nice it- job. I, I think uh, we need to make him a regular. According and Marissa, to you're getting a lot yeah. of due credit for the technology and the, or the interface here. You're doing an outstanding job. Throwing up some of the comments, which is pretty cool on this new thing. So. And, yeah. and people should know it's not just that Marissa is like orchestrating the bells and whistles, but she was also the muscle behind yep. getting us this product to begin <laughs> with. So she, uh, she knocked enough heads around, enough higher ups that uh, she yeah. made this happen. So keep sending in your questions and comments. Uh, so for those of you in the chat, do uh, do put in some more suggestions for our uh, Super Bowl super sorecasting, which we will uh, finish with. But before we do that, let's let's talk a little Carson Wentz and uh, let's send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman for an update on uh, on the latest what's going on in the the scuttlebutt surrounding Carson Wentz and the Eagles. <laughs> That's a great graphic. The Eagles are listening. Two offers on Carson Wentz, according to the NFL Network. Uh, They are not hanging up the phone. They're not the ones making the calls, but they're not hanging up the phone. If that terminology sounds sounds common or it's something you've heard before, it's because our own Shio Kapadia has predicted that would be the playbook they would use. It's straight from the Eagles playbook. A matter of fact, in a uh, text message exchange with Bo and Shio earlier, I was pointing out the different times when that exact terminology has been used. Uh, you know, they're getting inquiries and, and uh, they're listening to offers here. They're not actively <laughs> shopping him. So it's, it's, it's something that the Eagles have, have gone to before, but certainly uh, it shows that this is a real thing. We've been discussing it for months. There's been speculation. Uh, would they trade him? Would they eat the cap hit? Are they going to try to fix him? And certainly this would be an indication that a trade uh, is not just possible, but potentially even likely. And then we're a few days late here, but uh, the, the 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 news connection to this, and we talked about it with Coach Flynn, is that uh, Jared Goff was traded over the weekend. Jared Goff going to the Lions uh, and the Lions taking on the contract uh, are getting uh, two first-round picks and a third-round pick. In return, Matthew Stafford goes to the Rams. So the quarterback domino is already falling. That's the big news from the Carson Wentz front. Otherwise, uh, not much news to report. Um, the Eagles still f- uh, finalizing that staff. They hired a linebackers coach from the Vikings, uh, Rallis, I, I believe. Um, and uh, and a, f- a few final pieces to go. Running backs coach is really the big one to watch right now. The linebackers coach, whose brother is a uh, WWE wrestler. Correct. So there you go. Uh, what did? Uh, but quickly on Wentz. What did? Uh, you know, given a second chance to clarify his quarterback comments, what did Nick Sirianni say on uh, WIP earlier this week? He 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 didn't like commit to him, right? You know, it was it was the similar. Yeah, anything uh, you know, he he kept saying he likes competition. Um, when asked if they were going to have competition at quarterback, he said there's going to be competition everywhere. 
Uh, he talked about how you know he he watched Carson Wentz in 2018 when him and Frank were putting the offense together, but it still wasn't like this is my guy. And uh, it's interesting because he's had a few opportunities to to to, to do so. If Carson Wentz was going to be the quarterback, or if they knew that, then uh, it would behoove him to come out and say it. It sounds to me, and it, you know, by all appearances, the uh, hemming and hawing about the quarterback position by Sirianni, this uh, report from uh, Mike Garofolo and Ian Rappaport that the Eagles are, uh, you know, listening to offers. I mean, it sounds to me like this is over. It sounds to me like Carson Wentz is going to be traded and soon. Do you do you guys have a a same the similar impression? Shield. I do. Yeah. No, I I think it's headed that way. I think we've, I feel like we've been talking about the pros and cons of a Carson Wentz trade for like three months now, but uh, you know, I do think we also spoke on this podcast uh, and we were all in agreement that this was not the Eagles choosing Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson when they fired him. You know, I, I know that that's what, what some people thought. And, and again, to go back to sort of the financials on this and to give you the case for why they should, they could think about or should trade Carson Wentz, you know, they would take the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history. If they trade him, it would be over $33 million. However, they would be saving potentially $25 million in cash by not paying his 2021 salary. And they would be saving $15 million in his 2022 salary, which becomes guaranteed on March 19th. So in terms of what the uh, organization has to pay out for Carson Wentz, you're talking about a savings of $40 million. And also, as I was thinking about this, you know, Jeffrey Lurie made it clear in his one press conference, the first one where he took questions that part of the reason why he moved on from Doug Peterson. Now I didn't buy this, but uh, it, it was at least a, a thought into what, what they're thinking about the state of the franchise was that they don't expect like 2021 to be a year where they are competing for a Super Bowl. Now we've discussed that they usually don't know when they're competing for a Super Bowl and when they're not competing for a Super Bowl. However, if you look at it from that perspective with those low expectations, a first year head coach, not a lot of room to improve the roster, not expectations that you're going to be really good in 2021. Well, what trading Carson Wentz does is it gets you, uh, he's off your books by 2022. So you're taking this huge hit. You're not going to be able to do a lot. You don't want to do this. It is unprecedented. I don't want to make this sound like it's easy. It is unprecedented to move a player with that kind of cap hit. However, if you're viewing this as a big picture, long-term thing, then it absolutely, you know, could make sense from that. So I, I will admit this, right? Um, I, I was in that group that Shield referred to when they said they're choosing Doug P or that they're firing they're choosing Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson right like they're firing Doug I I figured at the end of the year there would be a change at coach or quarterback this year you know I I I wrote and said I can't see Doug and Carson both returning um, but I thought that they were I, I thought when they fired Doug they were going to keep Carson and that I thought when they hired Sirianni. They were trying to fix Carson, uh, so it would be hypocritical for for me to like act like I saw this coming all all along because I, I did not. Um, now I I I, uh, I think it's coming. Like I I think a, a trade's going to happen soon. That report's out there, in my opinion, uh, essentially saying yeah, get your best offers, right? Like you know I I think they already have something that they might like, and this is 
this is this 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 reports about making it known elsewhere. Like you know, get your offers in now. Um, Shield mentioned the uh, the cap ramifications, and the big part of that is it has to be done in the next few weeks, right? Because if it's not, uh, unless they adjust the contract, then uh, then Wentz yeah has the he he could do that if he really wants ex- out. Ex- exactly. Ahead, yeah. um, so you know, I, I I don't think this is something that would happen in like April or May. I think this is something that would happen in the next in the next few weeks and you already saw with the Stafford golf trade um it it, it could happen much sooner rather than uh, later there's a few parts here that that I I don't want to ramble but that I, I think is important to mention um I think Carson is a big part of this I don't know if Carson wants to be here uh and that could be be a factor here number one number two I thought that there was that that there was or is more risk in Carson becoming really good somewhere else than Carson being bad here, right? Like if you traded a guy and he's a franchise quarterback elsewhere. Why do you say that though? Why? Because I think that he he has a skill set that, you know, he's he's proven that he can he can play at a high level. Like we've discussed on this podcast, his baseline in the past has has been like above average starting quarterback uh, and he's 28 years old and he's under contract. Uh, so if Carson, if you traded Carson and you trade him to the Colts and he goes on to become near what he was and you're juggling quarter, you know, you have Jalen Hurts or you draft somebody, uh, then, then you traded a guy that you moved mountains to get that you paid that was in your building. Uh, but, but there is also that idea that maybe it can't happen here anymore, right? Like, like maybe there's just too much, there's too much baggage. Uh, and, and Bo, I give you credit. You've been all over the locker room component of it, right? Like if you march him back and, and he's, he's the guy, because the, the only way I can see him coming back is if he's the guy. Uh, if he's the guy, what does that say to the locker room? So you were all over that. And, and Well, and I, think that Ma- I think that Malcolm Jenkins' ex- uh, comments, which we didn't talk yes. about, were... Uh, were, were very important on that front because, you know, obviously he's a guy who knows what he's talking exactly. about. Exactly. So I, 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 I don't mean to ramble there, but I, I just wanted to make clear, like, I know I said I didn't think this was going to happen when they fired Doug and when they hired Sirianni. I do think it's going to happen now. So I, I, I disagree on the risk front just because, like, if you're talking about risk, the risk of him being good elsewhere it's just your ego. It's just perception. It has no bearing on the, you know, the team itself. If he goes somewhere else and makes you look bad because he's really good, well, you still have a chance to replace the quarterback. Hopefully, you've gotten some kind of compensation in return, whereas the risk of him staying and being as bad as he was last year is that you have a terrible quarterback and you're paying him a lot of money. Well, so well, what I, th- I think that is a bigger risk to I take. I mean, the, the the risk is it's hard to find that type of quarterback, right? Like, if you have one and, and you let him go then and and you continue searching, it's it's not like a Drew Brees, Philip Rivers situation sure. unless Jalen Hurts is that guy. Uh, so that's the risk there. And I thought the down, if, if he came back and he was bad, uh, then you let go of him next year. You obviously don't get compensation for him, and you're back in that quarterback search pool, and and you you burned a year, but now you know. Like there is there is this, and maybe Coach Flynn's right. Maybe he's not good. You know, maybe 2017 was the outlier, and not 2020. And if that's the case, get something for him now, because if he's not good, there well, yeah. is no value thereafter. And like, what would we have thought about? 
Carson Wentz if he didn't have the the final four games of the 2019 season, right? Against those very bad teams when he when he helped, you know, rally them to the playoffs. Like those first 12 games of that year he wasn't great either. Um and I think I think the point about uh you know Carson maybe not wanting to be here is important because um it see, it does seem to me like the one of the the better explanations of just how badly the Eagles have fumbled their quarterback position is that they are they no longer have the agency of deciding how things are going to go moving forward because if they want to trade him they still need somebody to want to trade for him and if they want to keep Carson well he may not want to stay so uh, on sort of both outcomes they are no are no longer in the position where they they have the most power to determine uh, what the quarterback position is going to look like moving forward and this is you know, as we've said a million times, before Carson's extension even kicks in, they've they've sort of fumbled at this badly. Have they ever gone like the Lions uh, path of, hey, the, this pl- player X is available. It's known. Both sides agreed. It's time to move on. Get your offers in. Just be totally open about it. Because I'm trying to remember during like the Howie Roseman era, because every year, you know, players' names come up and it's, uh, well, we're listening to offers. We're not like they, they always try to go that path. I'm just wondering, can you guys think of anybody? Has there ever been a player? The closest to it was DeMarco Murray in, in 2016, right? Like that was, and, and that wasn't a situation where it's, it's like, come start your, your bidding war. It was just pretty clear that, that there were, that there were issues there. Anybody, please. And it's so funny. And you're right, Sheila, because it's so funny because they, they don't just do it with like, you know, Carson and Foles. It's like, it's like Alshon Jeffrey, who you know that nobody Agadar. wants. Yeah. It's still like, we love Alshon. We want to keep Alshon. But if someone right. makes us an offer, we sure would have to listen. Like, you know, it's the, it is, you're right. It's the exact same playbook. It's the same terminology yeah, so, uh, that they've used over and over again. Like just, you know, we're, right. we're, we're yeah, listening. I mean, we're not the ones calling, but we're, we're listening. Yeah. Right. And especially think about it with this player specifically. Like maybe you can get away with that with uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. But given all the issues you've had with this player and coddling versus him feeling disrespected. And now you're going to, there's reports out there that his name is on the block. And now you're telling me that if you don't get the offer you want, you're going to bring him back after yeah. that with a, you know, a quarterback's coach who Jalen Hurts has known since he was four years old and a new head coach in a locker room who thinks you're the reason they're, you know, a coach they liked is no longer there and say, all right, let's go 2021. I mean, it, it is hard for me to believe I will. I'll never say never, you know, maybe that's the case. I think Zach, you're probably right that they have a baseline offer on the table or, or it might not be an official offer but they have a good sense of all right if we if no one else calls this is a this is the sort of offer we have right now and that will be f- good enough for us to um just move on because you do you know you you when you're having these discussions you do have to decide what's the what's the worst offer we would accept basically all right we want to move on from the player what's the worst offer we we would accept and then you should know how realistic it is to at least get that uh get that worst offer because if you're not even getting that and you are there's 10 percent of you that says hey maybe we should just bring him back if we don't get the offer then this might not be the the way you let it be known also the other thing is that you know i think that when and if they do trade him they will sell this as a 
Well, you know, we they, we thought this was best for the organization and for Carson. You know, sometimes a guy needs a change of scenery. And like that is such a failure yes. failure on your part. I mean, really, if you think that he's got some level of play in him that is top-level quarterback play, and you're telling me you can't make the moves around him, whether it's coaching, talent, environment, culture, communication, whatever it is, to get that out of him, then that is a failure on your part, especially given what you have invested in him. And so I know that's how they're going to spin it, and I'm going to go on this rant again when and if that happens, but I just kind of wanted to get a, get ahead of that. In terms of whether he can ever reach that level again, I think I've been, uh, you know, he can. C- certainly there's, I don't know what percentage it is, 10%, 15% that that 2017 version comes back. There's a higher percentage that low. the 20,000. Yeah. Okay, ta- no, no, no. I just mean, if we're talking, yeah. like, I think, I think your expectations for Carson Wentz rebounding should not realistically be 2017. That's all. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, especially not consistently. Maybe he's right. maybe it's like that three-year run where two years he's the twelfth best quarterback and one year he's the top five. Like that would not shock me, but I do think there are just so many. It's not just that he was bad; it's the way in which he's bad, the areas in which he has flaws, the ball security. You know, whether you want to yeah. call it durability, the inaccuracy issues. And I was also thinking, just in terms of like a player's improvement. I mean, what has he really gotten better? Has he shown the ability to improve in any single area where you say, man, in 2017, he was doing this, but look at him now, even if the overall, and it's not really there. I mean, everything has either gotten worse or stayed exactly the same. So it's tough for me to project at this point in his career. Now, maybe there will be a special coach who gets it out of him or I don't know, but I do think it's harder to achieve that than maybe uh, maybe we. I think. still think it's the Colts, right? Like I, I just think it it just do you most too obvious much. team, and yeah. then, uh, But I, I maybe that was maybe that was part of the deal for letting the Eagles hire those assistants. It was all part of perhaps a, uh, yeah. part of the trade. Yeah, perhaps like let me put a, a a system together for Carson Wentz. Um, I also, and I I could be wrong here, right? I've already expressed that I, I've I've been wrong on this before. I don't think a trade of Carson Wentz would be a signal that like they believe Jalen Hurts is their franchise quarterback. I wouldn't, I 100%. wouldn't interpret it that way. I agree. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. I, I think first off, I, and I see the, the, the reference in, uh, in Bo's square there that it could be them playing the, uh, the quarterback draft this year. They have the number six pick. There's, there's, they could think that there might be uh, two or three quarterbacks who, who fall there. That 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 could be one idea. The other idea could be let's play this out with Jalen Hurts, like Shield mentioned before. Reset the salary cap. Figure out what we have. Truly be a team in transition. If Hurts is not the guy, we'll we'll go into next year's draft and and we'll find the guy. Um, uh, so I I don't think this is about Hurts. But uh, what's what's interesting to me is the Rams made that trade because they were very clear that. Like, Jared Goff is not the quarterback for us. Um, they didn't sell it the way Shield said the Eagles would sell it. And I agree. Shield would say, like, the Eagles would say this is best for both sides. The the uh, the Rams were like, we need an upgrade. We know we drafted <laughs> this him. This guy's we were really We mean. know we paid I mean, him. Was, yeah. They were jerks about exactly. it. <laughs> but he's he's not the guy anymore. And I'm curious if, if the impetus for this trade is that the Eagles have the same sentiment. If the Eagles, like, if, if they're looking at this and they're saying – Carson's not the guy, 
or if they're looking at this and saying there's too much baggage here, he doesn't want to be here, it's going to be hard to sell it with the locker room, we're resetting, we we don't want to have this cap obligation going uh, forward, so let's just cut, uh, I'll, I'll cut loose now. I'm curious which one it is. I think it's different. I think it's different than the Rams. I, I think that I think it would basically be, and this is a, a vague general answer, but what is our best path going forward to sort of revamp our roster, get out of this cap situation, and get back to being a Super Bowl contender? I think the Rams were in a spot where they looked at their roster and the season they just had and said, "We're ready to win a Super Bowl now. We think our quarterback yeah. sucks." We got to take a either we just stick with him and see what happens, or we take a big swing. It, it, it was like a situation where probably neither answer, um, you know, it, both neither answer is right. Like I'm not convinced they're going to win a Super Bowl. Their defense is going to regress. They just lost uh, their coordinator. They're going to lose some key free agents. It's not going to be the same team, and so they shouldn't look at it that way. Having said that, I don't have an issue with the swing that they took because I I do think they had no path forward with Jared Goff. I'm not the biggest Matthew Stafford fan, but if you're them, I could see yourself, you know, talking yourselves into a situation where you say, if a defensive coordinator can't build around Ramsey and Donald and get us like a top 10 defense, at least, then what are we doing here? Then the guy probably sucks. And offensively, Goff has turned the ball over and, you know, he just hasn't been the guy. I think him and McVay clashed quite a bit. And so they just wanted someone who was a little bit more talented. And so we'll, we'll see how it works. But um, I think theirs was much more short, short-term thinking. And by the way, can we um, can we stop celebrating that Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay are on vacation together in Cabo or wherever it is? Like, maybe they shouldn't be on vacation right now. That's Wasn't not Nick like, that's, it's not like a, it's in, not like a uh, meet cute. Yeah, right, well, Zach? Yes, no, true. it wasn't Nick Sirianni. Yeah, he was yeah. busy with family down so, South Listen, yeah. you're calling somebody out, you got to call them all out then. That, that's true. That's when fair. You, you know, yeah. in uh, week four of next season, when you get to ask Nick Sirianni a question, I expect you yeah. to, uh, to to come back to so that. So the fascinating thing, yeah, too. You know, bringing all these guys into into Jeffrey Lurie's house, flying them in, and you know everybody breathing all over each other for a couple hours at a time. The, the, ahead, the fascinating bro. thing, when you look at, at four of the quarterbacks who are in the news right now, okay, um, that you think back to the 2016 draft, and one of the reasons Howie Roseman said that they were motivated to trade up is they looked at the drafts coming up, and they didn't think the franchise guys were in, in you know, they didn't think next this year's draft had, had the franchise drive me nuts, these So anyway, guys. so Goff and Wentz are, you know, Goff's already been traded. Wentz has, yeah. has been benched and will be traded. <laughs> and the, the following year's draft produced... Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so <laughs> who weren't even the first two <laughs> yes, quarterbacks wow. picked yeah. in the draft, um, and so it's it's uh, and I'm 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 not saying that to 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 to, to kind of like pin it on on Howie. It's just you you never know with these things. Number one, because you know, look, uh, the the time before that when a quarterback went one two, I believe was uh, 2015, Mario or with uh, Winston and Mariota, and both teams. Moved on from those guys, and look, the Bucks are in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl now. The 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 Titans have a guy they think is a, is their sure. franchise quarterback, and so I've written and said that the best chance of getting that franchise guy is at the top of the draft. But uh, you also miss quite a bit there too. On the Hurts thing, yeah, yeah, quickly. Um, uh, on the Hurts thing, I I totally agree that they should not be sold. That Hurts is the franchise quarterback, and I think if they do like 
one of those quarterbacks at the top of the draft, they should pull the trigger because, you know, there's no guarantee you get that chance. But I, I do think if you think about the way that this front office occasionally makes decisions and is like so worried about public perception, I think the way that they could that they can like sell moving on from Carson Wentz and we weren't we didn't bungle this because we actually made some good decisions here is if they try to work it out with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback because then it's like oh what a prescient pick that was that you picked him even though people thought you had a starting quarterback and now you've got this guy who you picked in the second round who you who is your starting quarterback so I do think I would lean toward them uh, having Hurts at least try to be the starting quarterback for for this next year and see how things play out. And also, if you look oh at like gosh. the staff... Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I can picture, you know, week six of next season, Monday morning quarterback, the four the and two Eagles like, yeah. with Jalen Hurts. I had a 30-minute conversation with Howie Roseman, and, you know, he said when he took that Hurts pick, he was getting crushed locally. But he, you know, he would, oh, yeah, he exactly. would love. So you are right. Organizationally, you know, if he's making the, if they're, if Sirianni's getting pushed, or I absolutely could see that. But I don't think it's the, it's a bad idea to just, if you trade Wentz, you go with Hurts this year. If Hurts stinks, you know, you, you should have a pretty good pick uh, next. Right in the next draft if he's great well that's a win too now there is a big middle range there where he could be okay which might be the most likely outcome actually that he's okay that you win six seven games and you're not there so it's not uh quite that simple but part of it i think depends on what you get for Wentz. you know if you're if it's a trade that is tied to compensation like a conditional pick based on how he plays for 2022 you know that then you have to factor that into what kind of draft capital you're going to have next year did you have something, Zach? No, I. I, uh, I thought you were. I thought I'd cut you off. So. No, I, I. I was. I was. I was going to make some more hurts points, and and uh, just to to the scenario you guys outlined, if if they were right, you know, if if Hertz becomes the guy and he's a legit quarterback, I'll absolutely give them credit for the pick. It's still backing yourselves into it, but yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be the first one to say I was wrong with what I said about the Hertz pick. If Hertz becomes the franchise guy. So in terms of teams that could potentially trade for Carson Wentz, we mentioned the Colts. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, they don't have a a quarterback on the roster. They have cap space. There's obviously a relationship there. Wentz would, you know, theoretically be happy with that destination. Mike and Press Taylor now. Yep. Yeah, so I think think they're far and away uh, number one. Some other teams that I find interesting here. The Carolina Panthers seem very interested in making a move at quarterback. I think they were in on uh, in on Matthew yes. Stafford. Now, they might not view Wentz as a huge swing and a guy to take them in the right direction, but they might. I mean, it's very tough to predict. You can listen and talk to a lot of smart people, and the predictions for what the Eagles' compensation is going to be back is kind of all over the map. And and because no one, you know, the opinions of this guy based on how he performed last year compared to how he performed previously, it's just really hard to track what a coach and organization thinks they could get out of him. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, maybe? I mean, I, I don't know. Would they view him as a significant upgrade over a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo given the risk? Maybe, but they have an easy out with Garoppolo where they can get out of his $25 million contract uh, with nothing tied to it. And so they're a team that can very easily make a move at the quarterback position. 
The Broncos are always kind of lurking there. They've got no answer at quarterback. They've got some nice young wide receivers. They've got some nice pieces on defense. Uh, would Joe Douglas view Carson Wentz as a guy who uh, get him here? I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have insight on whether that would be likely or unlikely, but, I mean, he certainly has a leg up on everybody else, right? He's been around Wentz. He knows him well. He knows how he's been coached. He knows what mistakes they might have made around him, what his upside would be. And so um, that's one to keep an eye on. And then I guess the others just to throw in there. Uh, Patriots, I, I don't necessarily see it. The Raiders are sort of like a wild card, I, I would guess, to keep I think an the eye Raiders on. are an interesting one. Uh, Mayock, yeah. of course, was and then the other know, two teams I wrote. Office. Go ahead. Yeah. No, just the other two teams I wrote down were were Washington and the, the Bears. Bears are a team that I have I have uh, heard uh, could be interested in the, in them. So I, I I would watch out for that. Um, and then I'm 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 curious. Well, I, I I think this would be helpful for our our listeners. Either one of you can uh, jump in on this. My understanding is that once his contract, if you compare it to Goff, it's it's harder for the trading team to swallow. It's better for the acquiring team. Is that a fair characterization? You know, like if, if you traded for Goff. Yes. Yes. yes, they're going to have more dead money than the Rams had. Uh, but yes, he would be, I think, uh, what's Wentz on? Wentz would be on the hook for, I think it's actually pretty similar here. Uh, I'm trying to look here. A two isn't, year, it two, isn't it 240 or something? A little bit over forty. I think. Well, so the so oh, I thought it was more more so than that. the the Lions were on the hook for the next two years at, at you know at forty million with uh, Goff, I believe, and uh, and so part of that was was paying the team to take the contract. I'm curious, do you guys think the Eagles would need to pay the team to take the contract, or do you think they're getting the compensation for the player? Because based on my understanding of the contract, they'll be able to get compensated for the player. Um, they're the ones taking the cap it um there's more flexibility for the acquiring team and so the eagles if let's say it's a first round pick i I think that'd be the best case scenario but 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 they wouldn't have to pay a team to take on Wentz. my expectation is that they would not be paying um to get off of the contract and and that's only just because i think you know this whether it's uh you know made up or not this idea that there is a market Mm -hmm. um that's them saying, as you said, that they have an offer that they would probably take, and I think I think they're not, they would not be quite ready to take uh, paying to unload him. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is that uh, it's it's interesting because you know there we we have talked about there's this perception that the Eagles are these uh, you know you know uh, contract geniuses, and you know they signed Wentz before the Rams signed Goff, and yet their deal is much more penal to get out of. Um, than Goff's was, mm-hmm. so that tells you that it was not necessarily the the best designed contract. Now, it by by uh, all intents and purposes, it was basically constructed so that they were going to restructure yes. Wentz this exactly. offseason to clear up a bunch of cap right. space. That's how the entire uh, like cap situation was designed. Was that they were going to use this uh, offseason to restructure Wentz's deal, and it has obviously uh, come back to bite them. Yeah, so Wentz would be for the acquiring team two years. About forty-seven million. Uh, that that's guaranteed. And then if you want to keep him, he's actually signed for two more years. Golf is two years, fifty-four million. So um, that yeah, it, it would be an easier contract to acquire, like you said, than to trade. Okay. Uh, so anything else? Emergency on this, pod uh, on next week, front? right? 
next week. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> might be yeah. a weekend. Yeah. I, I'm ready. I mean, it's going to be the day I go sleep. on vacation. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Monday. Let Bo know how next to Monday. let Bo know how to do all these. I'll bells come and back whistles, if there's a trade. I will. I will come back. No, no, no. <laughs> Isn't there I'm like that? I don't know. Yeah, there's supposed to be that like un- unwritten rule. Don't don't do something during the Super Bowl weekend, right? I, I don't know if that. If if people adhere to but that, but didn't remember the Alex Smith Washington yeah. trade happened, happened during, during the, the, the run up to the Eagles exactly. Super Bowl? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so so maybe that's not recognized. I had to write a Marshawn Lynch retired story during the Super Bowl at my. I, home I remember now. he put the tweet up Kirkland, with the uh, with the shoelaces <laughs> on with the shoes on the uh, yeah the wires. I'm, I'm like, come yeah. on, come on, man! I've been you <laughs> yeah, know, like on. really right, right now. Like I think my daughter was like you know had just been born two weeks earlier, and I'm like, do I really have to write a news here? My but, wife says about every. What were you going to say, Julie? You think you you think this means that you you think this means that it's going to no? I mean, soon? I don't know what you're going to say. When a report gets, you know, leaked like I that, I, I, I don't I don't think it means we're going to be waiting two months for, for a trade to happen. I agree with that. All right. So uh, an hour and a half into the show, it's time to do uh, some superb owl super sorecasting. Uh, that grimace on Shield's face tells you uh, pretty much where we are. Are you guys ready? How many uh, turkeys do we have? Yeah, so let's do, uh, we'll do, we'll do, we've got 24 turkeys each. Okay. This is a one-time only affair. So uh, no reason to, to hoard and save these turkeys, Zach. These will not be replenished. Understood. What's on the line here? Uh, yeah. What, what is on the line? Do, do we owe you something for the last thing? Yeah. You, you owe me a, uh, what do I owe, what do I owe you? A, a pastificios, I think. Pastificios? Okay. I'll happily oblige. Something that. like that, right? I'll happily oblige. Yeah. That's something. So what, you want to go get, double or nothing? Maybe will get you a, a nice baguette sent to you so you can finally try a baguette. Uh, yeah, why don't we do, uh, I don't know, lunch? How about okay, the... Lunch, uh, lunch on something. the line. How about we we set a price limit on a, on a BetMGM bet and the, uh, the winner uh, ha- gets a free bet, basically, from the other, uh, f- f- from the other host here. What do you mean? Like we say, like so like ten dollars. Yeah. We're giving you money. <laughs> yeah, but it can be then, it can compound, okay. right? You know, like it, but it has to be placed. On yeah, yeah. You okay. can do like a three team parlay there if if if, if you're confident in it. What a company you're, man here! Yeah. Look at this guy. If, if you just want something straight, you know, you could take like a a, a minus four hundred NBA game and and uh, you know you can you can come out with fourteen dollars wow. or something. Look at right? the like look at the synergy. All right, so all right, all right. So the two losers have to give the winner twenty dollars. Uh, each, but that forty dollars has to be spent on a bet MGM bet. Is that is that what we're doing? I was I was saying ten, but sure. we can go twenty. That's fine. That's fine. Ten, okay, yeah, ten, yeah. ten yeah. each, ten each. So twenty. Ten each. I was thinking the cost of, a, of like a pasta fischio sandwich. That's that's how I was. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. okay. I like and, that. Reasonable uh, prices. At and how about prices. this? If ties will be if you uh, ties will be broken by if you have turkeys remaining, how many turkeys left over you have? Okay. What, what if you have zero? We and need to clear this up every, now because if everybody has zero. Thank you, Marissa. Night. Or if there's a if there's a tie with however many turkeys you do have left, the second tiebreaker is um, credit goes to whoever spent the most money on uh, a bet that they got correct. Okay. No, let's do. We'll let's do this. If there, Dennis, <laughs> we know you're listening. 
send us what the right tiebreaker should be uh, after this and that. And, and I think we can all trust in Dennis to come I mean, up with something. The tiebreaker has to be given ahead of time. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, Dennis could be playing favorites. Like two could hours say, could... in here. <laughs> You're the one who didn't accept the uh, already proposed tiebreakers. Okay. Uh, Marissa, take it away. So I will say that a lot of the listeners submitted very similar um, uh, ideas that you guys submitted. So just letting everyone know we're on the same wavelength. So I think that's a okay. pretty cool. But all right. So let's start with a non-quarterback throws a touchdown. The Philly special bet here. Ooh, throws a touchdown. One. Wait, how many do we have each? <laughs> 24, 24 turkeys each, okay, okay. 12 questions, right? Yeah, 12. Just make sure it's 24 turkeys. One going once. I'll go two. Two. Do I want to go three? Nine. QB throws a touchdown. Brady. This isn't fourth down at the goal line, though. It's just a, it's, it's any touchdown. Yeah. Any touchdown. I'll go three. Should we open and should we include two point conversion, or no? Like throwing the touchdown, the two point. Conversion? I think that, that counts. counts. Okay, I would say that counts. Okay. That counts. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, feeling great I'll about three. You. Okay, I'm gonna let you have it. You can have All it. Right. Okay. Okay. Mahomes gets sacked more than Brady. One. Mm. Two. Three. Four. Five. Do I hear six? Six. Ooh. It's, I mean, this, this is a good one because it's, I mean, it's an either or, although I guess it could be a tie. It could be a tie. I didn't think about that. Seven. I'll go seven. Oh. Yes. The question says Mahomes gets sacked more than Brady. You've been hearing about that, that Chiefs offensive line all week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no Eric Fisher. I'll go eight. Ooh. Going once. Going twice. It's a good one. Oh, baby. Sold to Z-Burn for eight. Oh, that's nice. That's okay. I'm gambling with my boy Todd Bowles here. <laughs> Maybe they'll run a high school deep coverage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At least four different Chiefs players score a touchdown. Four, four different. Wow. Woo. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Ooh. This is such a worse one than the last one. Zach got a steal. Yeah, we should have driven Six. that up higher. That was a bad job. Do I hear seven? No. Can't do it. Once. Okay. So Bo gets it for six. Okay. All right. Now, this was a very, very popular one in the chat as well. Tom Brady doesn't shake Patrick Mahomes' hand or embrace him in any other way after the game. Just bid this up for Bo because this is definitely Bo's. Uh, doesn't Bo's okay. 
Yes, uh, does now, not. Now, Marissa is the judge here. So, you know, if there, uh, if, if there's a gray area between whether there was a greeting or not, I mean, there doesn't have to yes. be physical contact, right? Like if they're close yes. and talk. It says embrace him and then the other way. And 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 does it say on the field or if, if we see footage of... It says like, after the game. It's got to be on the field. Oh, so it, it can't be one of those, those uh, tunnel things, you know, like... No. No? Okay. Yeah, it's got to be the public. It's got to be the public show. The regular, okay. po- but but what if what if they go up to each other? There's no physical contact, but it's like a, it's not like he snubs him. I mean, we'll know if he snubs him. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. All right. So it's got to be think, a clear. I think it's that, more if he walks yeah. off the field and there's Which no. Is, if he just beelines, if if he just exits yeah. stage right, and yeah, okay. She does yeah. often. Yeah. Uh, one. <laughs> Two. I, I'm. 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 I want to bid Bo up here. I, I don't know. Bo looks hesitant. No. Wow. And earlier he said he's betting on Brady scoring a touchdown or something. What the hell's yeah. going on here? Three. Do I hear four? Going once. Going twice. Sold to Bo for three. What a steal. I would have gone way higher on that one. <laughs> I was afraid you, you were going to let me go. Then I I, I, I would have ex- exhausted, you know, a sixth of my uh, turkeys on on something I don't think is going to happen. All right. Well, this is, this is a good one. Andy Reid will mention a cheeseburger or sweet and sour pork in a post-game interview mm. Sunday or Monday. And then in parentheses, it says, oh, can be any oh. interview. How many do I have left? Um, <laughs> you have 16. Uh, she yeah, has 21. I know, I know. I was 15. No other, but it, it, no, it has to be, was that cheeseburger or hamburger? We'll mention a no. cheeseburger or sweet and sour pork. Okay, it has exactly. to be a cheeseburger or, yes. yeah. Sweet and sour pork. Okay. One. Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Five. So I'm going to need the listeners if they hear any interview. Yeah. To just tweet me that. Six. Six. Seven. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Do I hear nine? Uh, nine. This is my question, by the way. Nine. <laughs> nine. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen Zach so so free yeah, with his turkeys. Uh, I can't carry them over, right? So. Ten. Yep. Wow. Eleven. Wait, who's saying 11? You? No. Marissa, <laughs> Marissa, Marissa, Marissa wants Marissa in on so this confident. one. She feels so good about it. <laughs> Do I hear 11? I'm staying out of this. Going I think I'm hoping. I'm, uh, uh, wow. I'm hoping he busts out. He, maybe he busts out a new one just for the second Super Bowl. Sold to Sheil for 10. Chill, you better hope it's a cheeseburger, sweet and sour. Borg, if he mentions something else, that's going to be pretty I've heard game. him enough to know he doesn't have a, he, He's not yeah. going with anything else. He, he goes to the greatest hits during Super Bowl week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tyreek Hill has over 119 receiving yards, and it does say over 119. So he needs 120. Yards. That feels like, a, it feels like a Zach one. It's not. Why, nope. is it, why is it exactly 119? That was a chat one. Is that what the yeah. no? That's not what the prop is. Yeah, I don't know. One, two, three, 
Four. So I hear five. Five. I'll go five. This is the sixth one we're doing? Correct. Yep. Sheila's 11. You have 16. Mm. Bo is 15. I'll go six. Seven. Going once. God, well, you got such a steal on that Mahomes one. Going I'm twice. sucking on this. I spent 13 turkeys on seven. non-QB, throws TD, cheeseburger, and sweet and sour pork. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Do you, you said you'll go seven, Bo? I'll go seven. Okay. Anyone? Eight. There are some West Coast Conference basketball games I want to bet here, and so I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm being very careful with um, <laughs> If Zach, if you win, you're gonna turn that MGM into like five hundred. <laughs> That's my goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> or do a yeah, do a futures bet on it. Um, anything, anything you make over um, five hundred dollars, uh, the two losers uh, get a ten percent. I'm not turning ten into over five hundred, but um, sure. Uh, no, it's twenty. Twenty, yeah, true. Yeah, it's twenty. Um, now I'll, I'm I'm out of this one. All right, Chill. going once, no. twice, sold to Bo for seven. Okay. I've got eight left. Yes. All right. LaShawn McCoy touches the ball. Has not touched the ball since December 25th, I believe, mm. or 26th, since week 16. Mm. What a nice Christmas present. But he's expected to be active as insurance for Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. One. <laughs> Zach's going to win this Not one. The action He's getting value. <laughs> I can't be Going. wasting two on this bad boy. One. Mm. Someone goes down. He's Twice. That's, that's true. Yeah, injury. I mean, it's, it's a very. Hold on, hold yeah. on. Touches it. Two. I'll go two. Okay. Three, anyone? I'll go three. Okay. Good. Drove it up a little bit at least. Go. All right. He wasn't, you got he wasn't active last year for this game. Right, right. And if you check out Zach's story on the Athletic, thank you very much. You'd um, be one of the few who did. <laughs> very, very, very quickly. Very quickly. Are we talking offensive touches or touches the ball? Touches the ball. Touches the ball. Uh, so if he drops a pass, oh, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Uh, no, I, no, 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 no. Offensive no. touch. Offensive touch. Yeah, he has to possess yeah, the yeah, ball. Possess, possess the, ball. the ball. Okay, yeah. touches the ball. Okay, I will add possess the ball. So an on an onside kick recovery counts. He has to he has to yeah, possess the ball at some yeah. point. Okay. Is he on the hands okay. team though? Uh, I doubt yeah, it. I doubt the it way too. he carries the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the going to special that. teams meetings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what okay. question are we on? All right, five left. We have five left. Five left. Travis Kelsey catches 10 passes or more. One. That's a good one. Two. Three. Do I hear four? Four. Do I hear five? I'll go five. Six. Anyone? Ten. And is a lot, but he is going to catch a lot. I'll go six. Woo! Going once. I don't think I'm going to go seven. 
Going twice. Sold. Ten catches or more, right? I I think I wrote yes. this one, but all right. Yes, you did. At least ten catches. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Patrick Mahomes throws for more yards than Nick Foles did in Super Bowl Fifty Two. So that's three hundred seventy-three mm. yards. Mm. Mm, let me write that down. <laughs> Zach, how many receiving yards did Corey Clement have in the Super Bowl? Exactly one hundred. How many catches did Zach Ertz have? Catches? Um, yes. Well, he was seven, for, he was seven for 67 go. in that game. <laughs> <laughs> you can do this on your own time. <laughs> I, I, I wrote the book on the Super Bowl. <laughs> Underdogs. The Eagles Emotional Road Super Bowl victory. Yeah. Very nice. That's what we were waiting for. Uh, Available in books wherever uh, you can buy books. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Mahomes, I'll go one. Yeah, I'll go two. I'll go three. Four. Do I hear five? Five. Six. I'm going with the shootout here. Shields out. I'm out. And, I'm out. Uh, I only have six. I'm going to let you have okay. it. All right. Oh, Z-Berm's going to be cleaning up on us, I think. We'll see. He saved his best, he saved his best for you the You guys Super Bowl. each have three right now. I might, I might save all those bets if I win for Shields picks next year. Mm. <laughs> no, no, you got to do okay. it sooner okay. than that. <laughs> Okay, so Bo has eight left, Zach has seven, and Shill has five. And we have three left. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Okay. A Carson Wentz trade happens before Ooh. the big game. Ooh. Ooh. Now, like a, a report of yes. a Reputable yes. report, yes. yes. Now, does it have to be like terms or like the Eagles and Colts have agreed, have agreed that the Colts... Yeah. Are gonna, we don't, but we don't need to know specific terms yet. I mean, yeah. I think we would know. That would be unusual. We probably would know. Yeah, yeah but yeah. And and what are we deeming? Or, and what are we deeming like a credible report here? I mean, Marissa can decide with her. You know, she's got the yeah. Philip Merrill journalism degree. Yeah. So she can, <laughs> but I it's mean, it's like the definition yeah. of pornography. You know, you yeah. So. Yeah, it can't mm -hmm. just be you know some random. <laughs> Whatever. I hope there's not a lot of pressure this weekend with between the cheeseburger and the deciding what's <laughs> a incredible uh, source. I'll go one. I already said one. Oh, two. Three. Ooh. Four. Going once. Last week was a Saturday night. Matthew Stafford. I yes. was I was writing a grade very late. Let's see. I uh, crossed my fingers. It was none of the teams I did before. <laughs> uh, is this the one I want? Let's see. There's three. How much? How many do you have left, Bo? Eight. Eight, you and five. you just bid four on this. Mm -hmm. So this could be the last one. You can bid. And and Zach, Zach what do you seven. have left? Seven. He's got seven, seven left. All right. I'll I'll save it for one of the next two. I have right, six so left, right? No, you, you have, have five. five. Oh, I do. Three. Two. So sold for four. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay. To Zach? No, yeah. to Bo. To Bo. Oh, I was oh, at three. Bo. Yeah, to me. Oh, to okay. me, I got it oh. for four. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm. Two left. That's I mean. That's the one I get. We one of you is going to get the next one. The other is going to get the other one. Go ahead. Okay matter of which is which it's up to zach right. basically because he can outbid me yeah a non-quarterback completes a pass <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> That's why I knew I knew no. that one was coming. That was mine. Damn it. <laughs> I didn't go higher. So we got a touchdown and a touchdown. All right. Oh, Four. So that's all that. Is Zach going to bid on this? He did. He bid four. No, Bo bid oh, four. Wait. I bid. I bid four. Bo oh. bid four. Uh, I'm going to wait for the next one. So. All right. Then I will bid. Uh, yeah, because I can't wait for the next one because you can outbid me. Right. All right. right. Five. Leaving me with one right. turkey. So is this Boy. one seven? No, zero turkey. Is this one no, seven turkeys? Zero. No, turkey. zero. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Sh- so, so Zach, you did not want to bid for that one. Oh man! So the the excitement in the Capadia household when like <laughs> a handoff goes to you know whoever, and like they pull back to pass and then like they pull it down. Wait, was that a? It has to be a completed pass or attempts a pass it for that one. Says a non quarterback completes oh, a pass. All right. Terrible and showing by me. Going with the theme. <laughs> Shiel, again, you forgot that one of yours was not red. So this is oh, the shoot. last one. This is mm. one of yours. Going with the non-quarterback theme. Oh, no. A non-quarterback wins MVP. Wow. Oh, yes. Give me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seven. Okay. All right. I got the field, right? Other than I, I got everyone but Brady and Mahomes. Yeah. Zach is definitely in yeah, the in the best ask, position. Yeah. You each know, got four though. Once you found out, that worked out. Once you found, right? Yeah, we all got four. Um, so Zach has well, uh, and Bo, Mahomes. Well, ends with four turkeys. Which oh, so you get, right, the tie get the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Zach uh, has Mahomes gets more gets sacked more times than Brady. Uh, Shady touches the ball. Patrick Mahomes throws for over three hundred seventy-one yards. And a non-quarterback is MVP. I think it's very. I think it's three seventy-three. Three seventy-three. Three seventy-three. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sure you know what it is. Uh, Sheil has a non-quarterback touchdown pass, a non-quarterback completion, uh, cheeseburger, and or sweet and sour pork is mentioned <laughs> on a post-game interview by Andy Reid before the conclusion of Monday. And Travis Kelsey has at least ten catches. That one's nice. It's got a shot. This is what happens when and we do this I game have... an hour, 40 minutes into a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then I have uh, at least four different Chiefs score a touchdown. Tom Brady uh, does not shake Patrick Mahomes' hand. Tyree Kill has over 119 yards receiving. And Carson Wentz is traded, or news breaks of a Carson Wentz trade before kickoff. I, I like my slate, actually. So and you got you the tiebreaker. All right, well... We have been uh, together for far too long here. Does anybody? Uh, Shields' picks are already on the record. Zach, do you have a pick? You picked the Chiefs yeah. at the start of the season. Yeah, I'm um, I'm riding with the Chiefs. Uh, I I think the Chiefs win big. Oh, uh, I think oh. it's close. I think it's close. I I have the, but I would take the over here. I'm not, I'm not sure if I would take the Chiefs, but I would take the over. No surprise that you know I'm betting against Brady, but I think the Chiefs win big. Marissa, what do you got? I, I'm hoping it's a good game. Like, I really want to see a lot of offense back and forth. Um, but I, I'm thinking the Chiefs are going to win. I, I, I kind of want the Chiefs to win. So I think that's why I'm hoping the Chiefs will win. So. There you go. I definitely want the Chiefs to win. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you to uh, Coach Flynn, of course, for joining us. Thanks to all of you who listened or watched and commented on the YouTube live stream. We'll be back at some point next week or maybe sooner if there's an emergency that needs to happen. So for Shield, Zach, Marissa, and Coach Flynn, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.
Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.